It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Man, I'm, so, I'm so hyped right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama made it, Anything's possible. days. Jump shot, fade away. This the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night about it. A real C's fan wouldn't want to live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the mother guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King Locked on, trying to get the 18th ring The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear Well-respected in a city like Russell's career It's raining Jays Hey there, welcome back This is the Locked On Celtics Podcast uh, Happy New Year We hope that you have had a, a great night Despite the Celtics losing 121-11 to the San Antonio Spurs for 30 minutes, it was a decent game. For 18 minutes, it was unholy hell unleashed on the Celtics. And we're going to talk about it for you on this New Year's Eve. It's New Year's Eve. Everybody's out there partying. And we, the Rain and Jays, me, John Corrales from Mass Live, and Jay King from The Athletic, were here instead of partying so we could podcast for you. That's our dedication. Hope you guys appreciate this, people. This is the most exciting New Year's Eve I've had in years. Just podcasting. Is it really? Are you no. not a Are you not a big New Year's <laughs> Eve party guy? I'm not a big party guy in general. That is very much not my scene. But normally I'll like go to one of my buddies' places or something. Uh-huh. But th- this year, this year, no, I'm, I'm podcasting. I'm sitting alone and podcasting. And then getting a nice full night's rest. I can't wait. I'm, I'm so excited. I will say that for somebody when when you're traveling on the road like that, and I haven't gotten into that grind yet, but when you're traveling on the road and you get a night where you could just like crash in your own bed, I'm sure it's going to be like. I appreciate you giving me that excuse, but I think it's more that I'm just <laughs> that I'm just washed. <laughs> Roll with it, Jay. Come on. Again, no, you, Set you, that narrative. I was giving tr- it to you. You tried to give it to me, but it's more that I'm just washed. I'm way over the hill. Well. Also washed the Celtics defense at about the six-minute mark of the third quarter, which, look, this game was okay. The first quarter, neither team could hit any shots. The second quarter was a little bit better. In the third quarter, all right, Celtics were pushing their leads up to like 10, 11, and then they could never get the Spurs kind of off their backs. And then with about six minutes left in in the third quarter, the game was tied. When people look back on this and we start talking about horrible third quarters, the game when was When people look back on this. Yes. This is <laughs> when the world thinks back to Celtic Spurs December 31st. <laughs> when they open up the time capsule 50 years from now and they read the play-by-play of this game. No, the, the Celtics, they had it was, tie, it was a tie game. And then from there, it just went downhill. The... Spurs put up a 46-point third quarter. Outscoring yeah. the Celtics 46-30. Yeah, that, that was that was no good. And look, look, the Spurs have done this to everybody lately. They are Their offense has been just humming 
over the past month or so. They've been shooting from basically every range, out shooting everyone in the NBA. So they've been getting quality shots and even mid-range shots sometimes for them are quality shots because DeRozan and Aldridge just do that. Yeah, that's um, their thing. But the problem in the third quarter was that Celtics just gave up a ton of dribble penetration. And it started with White, and then it was DeRozan, and then all of a sudden the Spurs were just feeling it. And Patty Mills hit tough one from the corner. Bertans just started hitting everything, and it just kind of – things unraveled for the Celtics. It was only like seven or eight minutes when they really were not good defensively. But by the time they started to shore things up a little bit, the Spurs were just hitting everything. Yeah, it was too and, and that can happen sometimes. When you let a really good team or good whatever whatever you want to call the Spurs, whatever label you want to give to them, Spurs if you if you let good. a good – yeah, if you let a good team get hot, sometimes things can just go sour. And the Celtics, they, they scored down the stretch, like, but they just couldn't get the stops to get themselves over the hump. Once they got down 10, it was like they just kind of stayed there. They kept yeah. scoring, and Spurs just kept coming right back and hit every big shot to stem the tide. Well, really the difference in this game, beyond the obvious 46-point third quarter, the real difference in bet- between these two teams tonight was when the Celtics got up 12 they couldn't stay at 12. They they kept giving up runs to get it back down to two. And then they would go back up 12, and then they'd go back down to four, and then they would go back up 11. And it was just a kind of back and forth. They couldn't stop any of the Spurs' runs. Whereas once the Spurs took that lead, like you just said, the Celtics would cut it to nine, and then boom, there was an answer. They cut it to eight, and boom, there was an answer. And the Spurs did what the, the Celtics couldn't do, which was stop the runs. I guess, obviously, everybody who listens to this podcast, they know I'm, I skew positive. I, I really do look for more of the positive things. But I would say my biggest criticism right now of the Celtics, this isn't like the losses of the past, but... They have these five or six minute stretches in games where it's almost like somebody literally flips a switch and they just stop being able to play basketball. And I think something goes wrong for somebody and they stop doing other things on the floor. And we've used the term get down on themselves. I don't know if that's exactly what happened in that stretch tonight, but something doesn't go right for them. And they have this tendency to have it cascade and then things like this happen. Then the 46-point quarter happens. In the past, it had cascaded for entire halves, so I guess this is progress. That's me skewing positive. Hey, it was only six-minute failure. <laughs> yeah, instead of a 40-minute failure. But these failures are obviously problematic, and especially problematic on a night where the usual suspects aren't the, the real problem. Like Jalen Brown had his best night of the season. But Gordon Hayward is going to get crushed after this game for going uh, no points, nothing. Look, it, it wasn't a bad game for him, though. He just missed wide-open shots. Like, I'll never judge a guy based on whether he makes or misses wide-open shots, unless it's like a season-long thing. Obviously, his three-point percentage hasn't been great. But if you're taking wide-open shots and they just don't go in, whatever. Like, that, that, that'll never bother me. I get it. I get it. That's the shooter in you talking, though. That's obviously the go 
go keep shooting your shot. And I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree that there's, if you're, if you're taking good shots, eventually they're going to fall. He'll probably have a four or five night to balance this out, but still this is, this is, I'm not wrong in saying that Gordon Hayward is going to get skewered by people and right or wrong. That's going to be the case. And, and still, you still need him to come up with something more than zero points. That's just, he has to find a way to score injury, no injury. I'm, I'm being as patient as I can with him. And I, I, I think Celtics fan needs to give him a lot more time to, before they can judge whether he's, he's coming back or not. We've seen the positive signs, but at the same time, he's gotten, we've seen enough of Hayward to this point to know that, he's better than zero points that even if it's something, it's something more than zero. He's got to find a way, whether it's a mental block, whatever it is, he's just going to find a way to, to put points on the board. He did have five assists, which is nice. He did do other things. I'm not saying he sucked, but he definitely needs to give you more than zero points. I'm, I'm taking, I'm, I'm going opposite from you on this one. I, I am. I'm just not buying it. That, like, look, he's obviously he needs to shoot better from three-pointer this whole season. But if he's going to get wide-open shots and he's going to miss them, that's that's fine. Like, keep shooting, man. Keep shooting. I thought he helped facilitate some of the offense that led to Jalen Brown's three-pointers, that led to Terry Rozier's three-pointers, that led to those guys going off. And so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this more collectively. I thought the bench was was actually pretty good. Uh, I know those guys. Rozier is the only one with a positive plus minus, but for the most part, the bench played the best minutes of anybody. And I thought Hayward, Hayward's ball movement was, was a part of that. And, you know, Rozier and, and Brown, if, if you're going to take anything from a game where you give up 46 points in the third quarter, at least those guys got it going because they haven't very often this year. And especially at the same time. For those guys to get going at the same time, that's something the Celtics really haven't seen much of this season. No, it's true. And I give Terry Rozier all the credit in the world. When everything was going way, way, way downhill in the third quarter, he hit three straight threes to save the Celtics at least an opportunity to keep it close. Like they, That really could have gone even further south than it did, but they actually whipped off a 9-2 run behind Terry Rozier's three-pointers to cut it back down to nine and go into the fourth quarter, only down 10. When you give up 46 points in a quarter and you go in, you leave that quarter only down 10, that was that was Rozier giving them an opportunity to come back and, and win the game. They had their chances and definitely give credit to Rozier for that. We've got a lot more to get to as we continue here, talk about more from the starters and, and more from this game as we move forward here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. 
and the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Jay, I I think really obviously one thing that that stood out here in this game is the, the Celtics just really, really, really need Aaron Baines back. Uh, having Baines in this game would have made such a difference to LaMarcus Aldridge. LaMarcus, really, he was missing a ton in the first quarter, but second and third quarters, the back-to-the-basket game, really bullying the Celtics. Yabu was not an answer for them tonight. Couldn't couldn't really hang. Uh, Daniel Tice did okay for stretches, but really wasn't the answer the Celtics were looking for. If they had Aaron Baines out there in those situations, it it would have been a much different story. And not to give, you know, let people hear that and say it's an excuse. Not necessarily. It's just the fact is that it, games like this highlight how important Aaron Baines is. And it's been a tough stretch to lose Baines, hasn't it? Like oh. Joel Embiid and then Marcus Gasol and then LaMarcus Aldridge. Like three of the only physical big men left in the NBA. Right, right. And it's been almost in succession that those guys have played the Celtics. And Tice... For everything he does, uh, he is not a big, big man, not not bulky, not tall, and he can have trouble sometimes giving up good post position to guys. And I, I thought they actually got away with uh, a few instances in the first half when LaMarcus Aldridge posted him up and got pretty good looks and just missed him. And then third quarter, they did not get away with that. LaMarcus Aldridge is a beast, by the way. That, that dude is just so strong. It's amazing to me that when he came into the NBA, the concerns about him were whether he was too soft. It's like, no, 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 no. He, <laughs> like, that dude is tough as nails. And as he's gotten stronger and stronger over the years, he's just become a monster. Uh, the one and one he had over Horford, like Horford was just leaning on him, leaning on him. To, to still make that shot was just impressive. Um, and then, but yeah, having Bane, Bane's it's a big deal to have Baines. And we've seen it, especially against big dudes, the Embiid's and the Aldridge's, the guys who are still going to actually post you up having Baines. Baines is one of the few guys who can who can guard the most physical guys and stand his ground. And and the Celtics have missed him, like his rebounding, his post defense, just his defensive intelligence overall. They, they could really use Aaron Baines. We've seen that. And obviously, Yabu pulled some great minutes out of. His, go ahead, say it, say it. 
<laughs> out of his uh, say it beautiful mind the other night. <laughs> Come on, but, man. But, Come on. You were going down that road, and you stopped yourself because you knew you were talking about Yabu, and you didn't want to make the reference to his ass. But there have been some ugly instances, ugly stretches lately for the Celtics' backup big man. Embrace it, Jay. Embrace it. Pull it out of his beautiful mind. Embrace the wagon. <laughs> uh, I, I do think that uh, beyond the um, beyond the usual stuff here, we're talking about with Aaron Baines. He also is such a big deal for the Celtics' offense because he is. Uh, I forget who tweeted it out. Might have been Tom Westerholm, Mass Live partner in crime. Who said that this? He is. Are we? Are we gonna get some Western Home shouts now? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I'm. If I'm nothing else, you're gonna start Jay plugging. King, I'm unlike Jay King. I am a good teammate. I, I don't plug myself either. You don't. You unless don't. I now. I now. I hate myself for it. I retweet compliments now because I'm. I'm just <laughs> trying to fool people into subscribing to the Athletic, and okay. so I, I now retweet compliments, and I hate doing it. But I just want as many people to see my story and hopefully subscribe as possible. So I can tell you it's an evolution because I hated it too. I hated it, and I still don't like it. I'm not out there trying to promote myself. I, I hate at, myself for that. But at the same time, like once you realize that this is how it has to be, like it's not – especially on Twitter. I saw the statistics on Twitter that show a story needs to be tweeted out probably six or seven times for people to actually see the story just because of the function of Twitter. That's why Twitter people get pissed off that Twitter is not just chronological order, but that's why Twitter kept going to keeps going to top tweets and things you might've missed because they're the way they're built. It's not designed for people to see news. It was never really designed for that. But we're out there using it to get people to read our stuff. And I want people to read my stuff. I want people to read your stuff. I want people to read everything. But things have to get retweeted over and over and over again. And somehow we have to get people's attention. So I have come around to, look, you just got to push your shit out there, man. You just got to go ahead and push. <laughs> just got to push your shit out there. That, that's all you got to do. That's it. You just got to push it, man. It's a hustle. It's a grind. It, you got to go out there and people got to read. So I can't tell you how many times I'll tweet something at like 10 o'clock and then just retweeting it again, retweeting myself with that link, like at 2 PM gets another set of people like retweeting and, and reading and commenting because they didn't see it the first time around. So just don't see it as, Hey, everybody look at how great I am. It's, it's you're just, this is business. This is the business of pushing your content out there. So I will push my content and my team's content on mass live. And I will, I basically am going to start giving Western home credit for things. He might not have even said like this about, Aaron Baines being far and away the Celtics leader in screen assists. And that is a huge deal uh, offensively because in a, a stretch like this where the Celtics couldn't, not only could they not get stops, but to get some of those drives, get, getting Kyrie to the basket or getting other players to the basket, setting players up to succeed. Aaron Baines, just a, it's a big deal to have him there. And I think the Celtics, we keep talking about him, the missing defensive part. 
the, the Celtics offense has been a lot better, but down the stretch, having a guy like him setting picks would just have been a, a big help tonight. Uh, see, I, I have to say something here because I got ye- I got yelled at on Twitter. See, for, I just made a great point, and you have nothing else to say. So but I'm but like, I'm go- I'm gonna say something because I got yelled at on Twitter for so- someone who thought I was just bored when I was when I just I just let your words stand for themselves. But so now now I'm, I'm chiming in with this, which is brilliant. Um, <laughs> No, I have I have nothing brilliant to say, but I'm not bored. I, I'm in, I'm entertained. <laughs> Wait, see, we could just leave it at that. You know, you yeah. say so, sometimes sometimes I just leave it at that. See, John John is the host here. I, I'm just I'm just here. I'm riding the wave. So when John finishes a point and it's time to go to the next one, I don't I don't switch topics. I let John do that. So I I just I know my role here. I'm I, I appreciate that. I, I I have nothing else to say. Yeah, buddy. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> the J King, yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> Good place to leave it. We'll come back with your tweets. Rain and Jays, Rain and Junk. And then we're gonna wrap it up. Nice and neat here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Let the base kick. Let the base kick. Let the base kick. Not a whole lot of tweets, but people had some things to say here. We asked people to use the Rain and Jays hashtag if you want to make some basketball comments. Rain and Junk is usually, you know, the goofs. And since we don't have Packard here, we're going to try to step up the goofs. I tried to solo podcast the other day. I'm a goofmeister. You're <laughs> a goofmeister? You're, yeah. better, you're better at the goofiness than I am. At least, well, no, I will say. It's hard to be goofy on your own, and I failed miserably in my solo podcast. But God damn it, John. I'd, you know, whatever. You're going to know my role. I wish I had listened. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever listen to a show that you're not on? I'm not a podcast guy, um, <laughs> but but I, I will throw it on. So I always tell Alexa to play to play it. Now I I just said her name, so she just jumped jumped to life beside jumped me. Jumped to attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I always I always tell that woman, that that electronic <laughs> woman, to play our podcast because I got I got to get our listens up. That's it. We got to pump up the number somehow, and even if it's artificially, as long as we keep getting paid. Yeah. So I I always have it on in the background. I, I'm just not always like fully listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's okay. That was not a show that you should have listened to. It was terrible. Now, now I'm going back and listening to it. <laughs> All right. So the Rain and Jays hashtag. Let's just go back to the beginning. Uh, let's see. Uh, at Touche Bagoosh, I'll start with this one because. Touche Bagoosh. It's my guy, Touche Patel, who's a cool guy. Met him. He's really, really nice. Him and his wife. Big fans. Big fans. Jalen must have been listening to. At Red's Army, John and Rain and Jay, seeing him change speeds on several drives to the bucket to give him good looks. So this is our opportunity to talk about Jalen Brown a little bit, who had a fantastic game, who was driving, was aggressive, was getting to the line, and it was a good Jalen Brown game. Uh, and and to, to Touche Bagoosh's point, I did see... Him, there was a, a nice drive where he, he had like a little euro step and a scoop, 
And I will pose to you the question here. My my biggest criticism of hit of Jalen Brown has been that he tends to run in straight lines and just tries to dunk over people, but they get to time it and he gets challenged at the rim and he has trouble finishing. My question is, do you think the hand injury has, because he's, he did dunk with it a couple of times, but it clearly hurts him. Do you think the hand injury is giving him enough pause with going up to try to dunk it that it's almost a blessing in disguise where, he has to figure out a more creative way to finish around the rim, and that's going to teach him a lesson. Hey, I don't have to dunk it all the time. I can get I don't creative know. and finish. The lesson he seemed to take before tonight was kind of, I don't have to dunk with my right hand. I'll just dunk with my left hand instead. Yeah. Uh, and then tonight he tried to dunk once with his right hand, got fouled, and clearly hurt his hand, and then dunked like a few minutes later really hard, hurt his hand again. Like he is, he is paying the price when he goes to the hoop. Uh, I, I, I thought he was, I thought he was very good tonight. Um, I, I don't know if, if he's getting too much smarter um, with his takes to the hoop. I think it was good that he drew some contact tonight. I think he'll get better and better at picking his spots of when to go. Cause obviously he's, he's an explosive athlete, but where he gets in trouble is he challenges guys at the wrong times. And he, he tries to like to use the body when it, it doesn't work. I, it just seems like he doesn't quite know yet how to use all his athleticism at the rim. And, but he had, he had a really really good game tonight. He, he knocked down some outside shots too. His his fadeaway has kind of become a weapon this season. He's he's done a lot of that. Um, he's and drilling those fadeaways. Yeah, he, he and Rozier were just they they were really good. Rozier, I mean Rozier had 15 points I think on four of nine shooting. And what I was more impressed by was was his passing, especially in the first half. Like the the one where he got someone on his back and then kicked out to Jalen in the corner, like that was a really really nicely, nicely done, nicely run pick and roll, and that's the the area where Terry Rozier I think really needs the most work is is running that pick and roll and running the offense and managing things for his team, and I, I thought he did a, a nice job of that tonight. That was probably his best, one of his best floor games. At, of of in a while. I agree. Damn it, John! Why are you bored? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. A <laughs> uh, couple of Hayward things from Robert Denton. Damn Hayward! I know the PTSD and all, but damn, O for eleven late in the third, and then this question from that Vlad guy. What does Danny do if Hayward doesn't get his mojo back this season? Would Danny trade him potentially or give him one more year? I I, I don't think he's going to be moved. I don't think, and I don't think if if we're entertaining this, and I'm just entertaining it for the sake of conversation, that he's just not going to get his mojo back, and this is who he is, then he isn't going to be tradable at thirty plus million dollars a year. And he'll probably opt into that. Well, he's probably going to opt into the final year anyway. But he's going to he's going to stay. I don't think that that changes. However, I don't think that that's going to be the case, and I don't think that Danny is going to be looking to move him. I think Hayward, 
and, and I stand by what I said earlier. He definitely can't be dropping goose eggs. He, he definitely needs to find a way to score. The Celtics need him to score. However, I, I'm also going to give him time to figure things out. I've never really thought that this was going to be a panic season. I understand that I need to readjust my expectations on Hayward. That second surgery clearly set him back a lot further than anybody really cares to talk about. And it's just going to take him a lot longer. So we have to wait. And, and I, if I were, if I were a vindictive podcast co-host, I would mention tonight that, you predicted Gordon Hayward would have the best shooting season of his career this year. I did. I did. And this is exactly what but, I but I won't do that because I'm not a vindictive podcast. Go on. I'm, I'm glad you did that without doing that. That was very nice of you to bring it up without actually bringing it up. Yep. No, but like I said, but that's fine. I, I, I copped to the ice. Of course I said that stuff. And then I admitted that I was very wrong and I put too much expect too too high of an expectation on him, and it was my fault for putting that expectation. I said this in that in that last podcast, the solo podcast. Like some people, radio hosts will have that expectation and then get mad at him for not having that shooting year. And then I'm realizing, like, okay, I had that expectation, but clearly the information that I I was going on was not correct. My expectation was way too high, and he definitely needs a lot more time. So, great. I was wrong. I completely admit that I was wrong, and Gordon's going to have to figure it out. I still think that he can get to that point eventually. It's just not happening now, and I expected too much out of him too soon. Give him the season. at the In the worst-case scenario to me, well, obviously the worst-case scenario is he never gets it back, but I, I don't think that's really it. I think the more realistic worst case is that it takes him – beyond this season and he needs a summer of actual just an actual summer to go through his whatever routine and come back next year next year is the beginning of gordon hayward getting back to gordon hayward i will say this i thought more of it would come back during the season like he hasn't he hasn't gained a lot of explosion from the start of the season. And obviously he's, he's been better lately. Um, he's had some nights where it seems like he's more comfortable going to the hoop, but he hasn't really drawn a ton of free throws. He hasn't looked comfortable going to the hoop. You look at December, the month of December, he's shooting 39.2% from the field overall. And, those aren't numbers you expect from Gordon Hayward. And he's found ways to contribute anyway. He's probably the best passer on the Celtics. He's His defense, I think, has, has come around more than anything else. I think in isolation especially, he's been, he's been better and better defensively. But he just hasn't found that next level of athleticism that was missing from the start of the season. And, you know, now it's halfway through the season. Like how much of that is he going to get back by the end of the season so that come playoff time, he can be the key contributor to the Celtics need. I do think that a lot of this is mental. I really feel like because I've seen him actually do athletic things and for it to be for the athleticism to be so spotty, 
either either there's pain, physical pain that is is causing him an issue, which he has said multiple times that there isn't, that he feels good. So the other thing is it's mental and he's afraid. He's and I don't blame him. It's I contend that one of the worst things that could happen to a basketball player is an injury when you land. When you land on something, something goes wrong because you're constantly jumping. You're always jumping and landing. You're always jumping in traffic. There's never an opportunity for you to not get hurt when when you're playing basketball. It's just a thing. It's always a risk of you falling and hitting something. And when you have that catastrophic an injury, when you landed on something wrong, there's always that feeling in your head that it could happen again. And that's always going to be his biggest challenge. Can he get over that? And I think that's what saps some of his athleticism because he's not going up and he's not letting his body just go do what it's supposed to do. I think he's holding back and I, I, that's me guessing, but I've seen him jump. I've seen him dunk. I've seen him. I saw that. I keep going back to that one rebound. I think it was against Phoenix or Charlotte where I saw him sky for this offensive rebound. And that told me he has the actual physical ability to get there. I think mentally that's a very difficult thing and it's going to take time. It's going to take time for him to continue playing and continue going through. And it might take him falling and, and feeling that safety of, falling in traffic i mean it's 30 gonna get hurt it's 35 games into the season he's falling yeah he's but, fallen several times it's not like he needs to fall again like i i, I, I just maybe i just I, don't see how that how that just say, Jay, changes anything at this point i don't know jay maybe it doesn't maybe it doesn't but i i think that there's something there's something holding him back and i don't think it's the physical stuff unless he comes out and says yeah I have pain in my ankle and that changes things, but he hasn't said that. And he's been asked multiple times that, you know, other than soreness, but he said that he's, his ankle feels fine. I think it's mental. It's just mental. And the, the thing with mental is it, there's no explanation and we just don't know how long it's going to take. He it could be there forever. Maybe he never gets it back or, Tomorrow, he could wake up with some sort of realization or through some sort of therapy or conversation, something could click. It, it could click at any time, and he could all of a sudden start going off. We, we heard about that practice before the big 30-point uh, game in, was in New Orleans where they pissed him off, and he was just dunking like crazy. They hadn't seen him dunk like that before. He has it in him. They, it just mentally he has to cross a hurdle. One thing that really stood out to me tonight was the Spurs – defended him with Marco Bellinelli and the Celtics were just kind of running pick and rolls with Hayward and getting a lot of mid-range jumpers out of it. Whereas last year during the playoffs, for example, like they were praying for a guy, Marco Bellinelli to guard guys and guys were just abusing Marco Bellinelli. So if, if he's not going to, if he's going to have a donut while being guarded by Marco Bellinelli on several occasions, like, that's that's not, not great for the brand. Yeah, that's not great for the brand. All right, we'll leave it at that for Gordon Hayward. Let's move over to the rain and junk in the interest of time. So let's uh, let's get to I love. First of all, I got to ask you this. Red Panda, yay or nay for you? Are you in I've, a Red Panda or not? 
The first time I experienced Red Panda, I was baffled. Absolutely baffled because one, it's one of the most mesmerizing things you'll ever see. And two, how on earth do you begin <laughs> to decide that you're going to go up on a freaking unicycle or whatever the hell it is and, and kick bowls and stack bowls out of kick? Like what, at what point of your life do you decide I'm going to do that? Over the years, Red Panda has A, fallen off, and B, she's just a one-trick pony. She doesn't do anything else besides the same thing you've seen her do over and over. So get Red Panda out of here. Give me a different halftime oh, act. Man, man. No no love for the consistency. Yeah, okay, she, she's she's not not finishing off the bowls like she used to. So I think, I think she's going to just stop getting booked maybe, but... Uh, so I bring this up because at tune, my ride sends it directly to jam Packard from OKC to Perth, Australia, and back to you. And it's a picture of red Panda with the bowls on her head. Happy smiling. She got them on her head with the rain and junk hashtag. I, yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind. I guess, I guess if you see it a bunch, then I get it, but I don't know. I'm not going to hate on red Panda. She does one thing. She does it well. You know, she's not somebody that she's not trying to be somebody else. She's not putting anything else on her head. She's just the lady on a unicycle with bowls, kicking bowls into her head. She knows her lane. She drives that lane. That's it. She's, she's, she's suspect. No, God. Now that I will not stand for. She's suspect. At, at T-Foxy3, even after all these years, I still hate Pal Gasol. He's just... I mean, he's great. I, I'm I'm not a fan either. How how can you hate Pau Gasol? I don't know. There's something. How can you hate him. either Gasol brother? Those I, those dudes just play beautiful basketball. I, I, All they do is not, play beautiful basketball. It's true. It's true. That's true. That's true. I, and I don't hate Marc Gasol. It's just something about Pau Gasol. It's just I don't know. I it's not about basketball. It's not about basketball. It's just the thing. It's just I look at him and I'm just like, Ugh. maybe it's all that all the time in the, with the Lakers. I don't know. I ride with I ride with the Gasols. Oh man, I don't know. I, about, I will not have any more Gasol slander. I will not have any more Gasol slander. He's just I don't know. Maybe you're just Kobe stuff rubbed off. I don't know. I'm not. It's not a commentary in his basketball at all. He was a very good basketball player, but I, can I ride that. with the Gasols. All right, that's that's going to be an unpopular opinion. Well, it shouldn't be because the Gasols play beautiful basketball, and anyone who disagrees with that disagrees with life itself. <laughs> uh, all the other rain and junks are basically Happy New Year's. Uh, one comment here. This is the Jalen Brown my fiance wants to leave me for. That's – I get it. I get it. This is the. This is a very uh, – this, this is the Jalen Brown that you want to lock down. Yeah, it's I mean, season and you go, you know, you want to lock down that Jalen Brown. <laughs> yeah, Jalen, Jalen's just coming for all your girls. <laughs> and then everyone else is saying Happy New Year. So I just want to end the podcast by saying Happy New Year. We've gotten some very nice messages, uh, very nice messages all around. People talking to me as I, you know progress and, and, and do my new thing on mass live there and, and people just sending comments about the podcast in general, but basically saying, don't forget to read Tom Westerholm's work, by the way, Tom Westerholm, just want, just want to plug that. 
yeah, you plug that again. Be sure to read Tom Westerholm on MassLive.com. Yep. This, this podcast brought to you by Tom Westerholm on MassLive.com. <laughs> <laughs> New title sponsor. Um, but seriously, people have been sending very, very nice comments to us about the podcast. Some people have experienced some family difficulties and find solace in listening to the podcast. Some people are in different parts of the world and haven't been able to keep up with the team and keep up through the podcast. Whatever it is, uh, as we enter the new year. Those messages are always so cool to me. I love them. I mean, it's just. Anytime I get a message like that, like it just warms my heart. Like, first of all, we're just two idiots sitting here on Skype. Chatting about basketball, like literally two idiots on Skype talking about basketball. So I, I kind of, I kind of pity the people <laughs> who look forward to listening to us every day. Uh, <laughs> but also, it's the coolest thing in the world. It is so cool to have people say that to me, like th- that they look forward to to listening to us. I I cannot tell you how like that'll never grow old to me, and not like it happens all the time or anything. Um, but the few times it does happen, like that is that's too dope. It's too awesome. It's too amazing. It just fills my heart with joy. Yeah, I'm in complete agreement. So people will say thank you to us, but really, honestly, it's thank you to all of you, the listener gods, who are out there just giving us uh, this feedback and and just listening and, and enjoying. We're we're just thrilled that you are able to enjoy this. Whatever it is that we do to help you, uh, if it's for half an hour or whatever, just to enjoy the Celtics, enjoy whatever, however it works, we're just happy to, to, to be a part of it. So thank you all very much. We're hoping that 2019 is is positive for everybody, not just the Celtics, but for all of you people listening. Please stay safe and enjoy your New Year's celebrations wherever you are. Happy New Year. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Celtics Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, Corrales, Packard, and J. King. Locked On Celtics. Millies. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too, man. This is this will be the last thing I did in 2018. Talk to your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> So 2019 can only get better from here. Yeah, no, that was by design tonight. I I just, I I wanted to podcast tonight so that the last thing I did was just, Petra was just terrible. And so, (laughs) so that next year it can only, can only go up. Uh, No, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have a glorious night, my man. I will. I'll talk to you later. Happy New Year. Yeah, you too. Bye. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter. So it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now, wherever you get podcasts, and hit that subscribe button.